The only thing that we have 100% control over are our thoughts. And because we have control over our thoughts, we have control over our emotions. And because we have control over our thoughts and emotions, we have control over our actions. And then our actions is what produces our results. And our results, we're able to change just by changing our thoughts. That's author and keynote speaker Lucas Roback. In this episode, we'll get into self-affirmation, self-accountability, taking control of your thoughts, embracing failure, and how his own suicide attempt changed his life. Putting the men in mental health, this is Mental Health Monday, a Rigs Off the Radio podcast. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Before I get in too deep, I thought I'd ask early this time. If you like my podcast, give it a subscribe or maybe a rating here in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Good or bad, I crave some feedbacks. And now on to the podcast. Lucas Roback is my guest this week for Mental Health Monday. First of all, thank you for taking the time. I know you got a lot on your plate. You do public speaking. You're, an, you're a published author. you got a lot going on. And thank you very much uh, for having me on here today as well. Of course. So I, I bought two of your books. I'm assuming these were they're they're ridiculous. These two, the yeah, first those ones. were and just they put a smile on my face every time I think about them. <laughs> each you, one of them. You do have more serious books, but I had to purchase when I put you up on Amazon. Lucas J. Roback. I get it's the worst book ever written, and even uh, it says don't waste your money buying this. You're not going to get a refund, and even you didn't even have enough money for the apostrophe in your. It's a question mark <laughs> <laughs> instead of an apostrophe. And then I also have making a kick-ass frozen pizza from scratch. So simple, non-Italians might be able to do it too. With this, uh, who is Gigi? Is this your grandmother? Gigi, yeah, Gigi is Sicilian for grandma or great grandma. So yeah. she's great grandma now. So we call her Gigi's for great grandma, but she's my grandma, right? And you're Italian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which so cool. And you you also have other books that you've written as well, like. A lot with inspirational quotes. You've written a children's book as well. Yes. So you've, uh, you're have you quite the accomplished author, I would say. You've written more books than I have. So even if it is a stupid book called It's the Worst Book Ever Written, it's a, more books than I've ever written. Yeah, so. and you just wasted money. You're you're one of those people, huh? I am one of those people. <laughs> I just gave you $14, yes. Yeah, so cool. you're Thank welcome. you very much for that. You're welcome. You're and, welcome. Uh, if you can go to Amazon and leave a very horrible, wicked, one-star review, I would greatly appreciate that. Just think of the worst insult you could ever give somebody and leave that on Amazon. Why do you do that, by the way? Like, well, I'm interested. Was this like an experiment that you did? Yeah, it's an experiment. It's a joke. It's uh, The intention behind it is to not only prove that anybody can become a published author, but that even the biggest piece of junk can become an Amazon bestseller, and which it was uh, number one for over 10 days for it was on the bestsellers list for over a month yeah and every once in a while i'll still get there now and then if i just go on facebook and start insulting people for buying it it'll it'll come right it'll shoot right back up because i go this is either going to be a great book or a terrible book and i'm sure it's going to be terrible and sure enough it was terrible i don't don't want my money back but it's an awful book (laughs) it doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) but i would encourage you to go buy it as a social experiment why not (laughs) 
Now, um, I was connected with you through my friend J-Mad, who I know is another big mental health advocate my, that I know, and he put us in touch. And uh, you do a lot of positive speaking in your, your public engagement. So what do people expect in a public speaking, like your keynote speaks? Yeah, like keynotes, I guess you can say. Yeah. Sometimes it's like presentations or yeah. workshops or something like that. But mainly it's more of just uh, becoming aware of what the mind is capable of. Okay. And then actionable steps that they can actually immediately implement that day to produce drastic results damn near instantly. What are some of the examples of this? Just changing your school of thought and the way you think about things? We all have triggers. Like There's always something to where uh, it's called like programming paradigms where when this event happens, uh-huh. you respond this way. And it's typically because there's an emotion. We act based on emotion. So yeah. as long as we're able to control the emotion, we're able to control our actions. And if we can control our actions... Our results are instantaneously different. One is like, uh, have you ever heard of anchoring? Anchoring? I have not, no. Explain. So, uh, so in, it's a neuro-linguistic program in NLP, and an anchor is just thinking, have you ever smelt something like recently over the last like, year or two to where you digress back to your childhood to where it's like it, it brings you back to grandma's house. all the time like if, every time i smell a book i think about it, it takes you back to that time when you were little at the book fair or when you were at the library when you were a kid or it yeah. makes me think of my grandmother's attic like those smells that take you back way back when exactly yeah, yeah. so that's an anchor in the the, it evokes the, the, memory. The, the the smell is the most powerful one so that's the most common one that i always bring up yeah because it's one that everybody's able to instantly relate to yeah but if we're able to actually create an emotion Within ourselves, just by using our imagination, because our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what we imagine. So if we're able to imagine a scenario that makes us feel positive, or even just think back to a, a, a specific memory, to where it's eliciting a certain emotion, and then once that emotion becomes very strong, we create what's called an anchor, like the stimulus, uh, uh, Ivan Pavlov, with the dog and sure. ringing the bell, and yeah. then they salivate. So the anchor is you can squeeze your fingers, snap your fingers, pull your earlobe, do some sort of emotion that you typically would never do. And then once you anchor that emotion to that stimulus, when you're feeling down, fire off that anchor, and as long as it's that emotion is more powerful than the negative emotion that you're currently experiencing, it's going to take over that negative emotion, and now you have a whole different state of mind. It only takes about 20 seconds for it to fully take off. So you're retraining your brain, essentially. Exactly. It's all like retraining and rewiring the brain to do what you want it to do versus just allowing life to happen. Your cognitive behaviors, essentially. Exactly. Right. Have you heard of CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy? Yes, I have. It's very similar to that, what it sounds yeah. like. It sounds like what you're do the kind of what you preach there, which is it's just a great thing to use. Yeah, I just didn't buy the letters after my right? last name. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any background in that? Like, uh, did you go to college? I went to college to be an airline pilot. Really? Yeah, so I graduated to uh, with a degree in flight operations. I have uh, over 300 hours in uh, a couple of air, numerous airplanes, and I graduated in 2008. Okay. So if you remember that recession, I do. Airlines get hit the hardest. Yeah. And they get they get hit first, and they get hit the hardest. And yeah, so a newly grad, a new graduate with 300 some hours is competing with somebody that's been flying jets for like 5,000 hours right. for the exact same pay. Because uh, pilots are under the understanding that when the recession, when every 10, 15 years, you're going to take a massive pay cut. 
Right. And That's always one of the first things people cut is air travel. All right, we won't travel. We won't go on vacation for a while. We don't have yeah. the money. That's what we'll do. Yeah. And that impacts the whole industry, I'm assuming. By the way, you know I'm a skydiver. Are you, do you know this? I've seen uh, your pictures on Facebook. Yeah, so maybe we should connect someday. You can fly me and I can jump out of your planes. That would be Absol- great. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, one of the things that I did want to touch on with you, I know you've had kind of a mental health journey on your own. You did have a suicide attempt. How long ago was this and what kind of led to this? If- I haven't actually thought about how long ago. It's like 15, 20 years ago. Okay. What was what was going on leading up to that in your life? From actually now I'm able to like look back on it and not only appreciate it and I would never take it back and like I would never want to go through it again. But right. everything that I've learned because of it, I'm beyond grateful for. Sure. But like what led up to it was pretty much living everybody else's life, everybody else's dreams, doing what I've been told rather than being me. Yeah. So I was essentially conformed to doing what I was told, what's expected of you, what society wants you to do versus being yourself. Yeah. It took a, it took a long time afterwards to realize that's why, but uh, um, to break it down, that's literally to sum it all up. I was living everybody else's life. Who was everybody else? Was it friends? Was it your parents? Was it teachers? Who was spot on all those people? Everybody else. Everybody. It's kind of just like when, it's almost hard to go through an entire week without somebody telling you what to do. Yes, based on how they feel. Yep. And back then, I was actually listening to them, thinking like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, versus now today, it's, I look at the source, and nine times out of ten, they're, I call them like they're jokes, they're quacks, they're not worth listening to. And so it's just a matter of uh, understanding who to listen to, yeah. look at the source of that information, and analyze it and figure out if it is congruent with who you are, with your values, with your purpose, with your vision of your own life. Right. And then does it fit? Well, society builds you up to think that you're not going to be successful in life if you don't get a college degree and you don't graduate, you don't go to the best school, you don't do the best training, you don't have the best job, you don't have the best house on the block. Society programs all of us to believe that that's the life that we have to lead. And if you're not living up to that, I could imagine that it would send you down a pretty dark hole. Well, I actually graduated school with a degree, and uh, we already talked about the de- degree, but uh, with honors and yeah. on the dean's list, and so I was literally doing exactly what I was told, and it just wasn't making me happy at all. Even right. though, like, I graduated after I attempted suicide too, so I still like followed through with with everything. Was that a life changing moment for you? Obviously, that suicide attempt. What changed in your brain? What did you learn from that, if anything? It introduced me to the world of personal development, self-help, self-empowerment, personal transformation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the very first book that I read was Dr. David Burns' Feeling Good. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've uh, heard of that, but it's still a bestseller today. I'm not sure like when it was actually published, but it's still a bestseller. And then from there, I got introduced to... Uh, this is pre-YouTube as well. I'm not sure how or where, maybe E-Bombs World. I ended up uh, watching a lot of Bob Proctor videos. Okay. And so you can go off and you can read these books. You can watch all these videos that I'm, I could recommend to you. But it's actually taking the time to implement it, which is one of the hardest things to control your thoughts if you've never actually had an original thought in your life to begin with. To actually start thinking for yourself is difficult. It's scary. Yeah. Because now you're going... It's It's... Making yourself vulnerable. Yeah, and now it's like you're becoming responsible of your own life versus blaming it on everybody else. Oh, it's just like because they told me to do this and like I'm a hundred some thousand dollars in debt because my mom wanted me to graduate college versus taking responsibility 
for listening and no, I, doing what I'm I told signed the loan. Yeah. I signed on the dotted line that I would pay this back. It's my responsibility now. Absolutely. So yeah. it's about accountability. So what yeah. kind of self help things did you start doing for yourself? How did you start empowering your own mind to make your own decisions and think for yourself? What did you start doing? Well, one of the like the number one things is affirmations. Okay. And what I learned from affirmations is that you have to be very careful with them because they work. And they can also go against... So if they go completely against what you currently believe, yeah, that could actually have a more damaging effect than what they're intended to do. So what's an example of an so, affirmation you would use? So personally? let's just say um, back then when I... Like after I attempted suicide, it's like, I am happy. Mm-hmm. That's complete BS for somebody that just attempted suicide. Right. And so I was lying to myself versus... A better one would be like with every breath I take, I'm becoming happier and more fulfilled with myself. It's so a, that, that's just saying like that's a progressive realization of what you want yeah. versus I am this because I am this. Like, you know, it's a lie because I'm not happy. I'm just killing myself. Exactly. So yeah. And so uh, for me, I actually just uh, last week with uh, one of my friends, I had a very long conversation about affirmations in yeah. terms of how to utilize them and uh for me, it's not really because she she was talking about utilizing them in goals. Like you create a goal and you write an affirmation to focus on that goal and to manifest that goal. Versus what I do is I use the affirmations to change my being, my lifestyle, my neurology, as you were just mentioning, uh, to change who I am as a person versus what I want to achieve. Right. And so it's a uh, always having like uh, what I've learned for me personally is to always have like that progression for so it's every day I wake up I'm becoming more and more of this mm-hmm. every t- for with every breath I take I am becoming more this for every flight I take I'm getting closer to being a commercial pilot absolutely yeah, something so you're doing something you are doing actively working towards the goal instead of just saying well I have it now yeah I'm the exactly. best pilot in the world I'm the best radio DJ in the world yeah but I could say for every show that I do, I'm making myself a better radio DJ to be a better radio personality, to be a better podcaster, to be a better mental health advocate. You're doing it mm-hmm. one day at a time, one breath at a time in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So for every uh, interview that you do, you're getting better and better. Yeah. Or however it is that you want to word it that feels good for you, because I can tell you everything that I use as an affirmation, but it's not going to if it doesn't resonate with you it's not going to work as well. Plus, that makes you a big old hypocrite because you were living a life of everybody telling you what to do. And you can't tell me what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Want do this, do this, do this. No, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but I do like. I do think that's a really good way to form anyone's personal affirmation. I think affirmations are great. A lot of people talk about that. It's a great coping mechanism. But being honest about it is mm-hmm. a really good, uh, a good point that you do. So affirmations was one thing that you were doing. How else did you work on your own self-help? Because that's a big... Doing a suicide attempt is a pretty big life event. So yeah. <laughs> what else did you do to help you know move yourself forward, to keep your brain going forward, to not get into that dark place again? Well, there's a, a few more things that I just to like kind of like rattle off and I can explain them just to get them out there. Is, uh, yeah. First of all, have a life purpose, have a goal, have a vision for what you're going for. Uh, read, actually read like... Uh, a physical book. Read a physical book. Because I, I have friends, oh, I read that book and they have an auto it's audible you listen to the book while you were driving and working out and cooking and doing stuff versus actually reading is even if you're dyslexic a lot of dyslexic people that i know are actually more avid readers than everybody else that i know because it's i guess a challenge for them i'm not sure why i never asked why 
but just that act of reading is good for the brain. It's a mental brain exercise. So it's like exercising the brain. Uh, Lumosity. Have you ever heard of Lumosity? I have, yes. Dude, I love Lumosity. It gets my just... My heart starts pounding with some of the games. I get so into them. That's well, good brain games, yes. Yeah, it's all about just exercising different areas of the brain. So it's keeping the brain active because most of the time we're, we don't have an active brain. Yeah. We're just pretty much just running on paradigms, which is just running on repeat, doing the same things that, we're, that we do over and over again. And so our brains need activity. And when you have a healthy brain, you have a healthy mind. A healthy mind is a healthy body. And so it's just taking control of that and just doing like because of... Uh, Lumosity, for me, it's fine. It's only like 10, 15 minutes a day. Well, it's also something you can do that's productive with your phone. That's yeah. not just scrolling on social media feeds or flipping through news that's going to terrorize you and make you panic about everything in the world that's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Right? <laughs> I actually prefer the uh, desktop when it comes to... like. I, okay. I do use it on the phone, but sure. the desktop, you actually... Uh, of Lumosity, right? Yeah. I, I prefer the desktop just because of yeah. uh, the functionality. You get some more extra features and games, a part of it. Well, I'm sure you've probably done... You seem like somebody that does... You find something and you seek it out on your own. You do your own self-experimentation. Yeah. You seem like a self-experimenter. And it gets me into trouble. I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does, clearly. It's, yeah, it's like a... I don't want to say it's like a waste of time, but I definitely put a lot of time into proving that the experts are right and I'm wrong. Right. So I want to prove experts wrong versus proving them right, which is, for some reason, I have to flip that switch. And Did you start writing books after your attempt? That's when you started? Yeah, your I, probably, it was writing. like maybe a decade after okay. or so that I published my first book. So what's the, what's the biggest thing you've learned since then? Is it the affirmations? Is it the, the positive thinking? What is the biggest thing that you've learned that you would, I guess, recommend to somebody? Not tell them what to do, but tell someone if they, maybe someone else has gone down that road where they feel like they're not worthy, they've made the decisions you did because of everyone else, they're getting sucked into the social media hole, they're being bullied at school maybe, they're just down on their luck and they're they're thinking mm-hmm. about taking their life. What would you tell to somebody like that? You're not going to like this. You are 100% responsible for everything that happens to you in your life. With the thoughts that you have, it creates emotions. Your thoughts can create emotions. So if you think of a positive experience that happened last week or last year, you're going to feel positive emotions. If you think of a negative experience, you're going to create negative emotions. I think, therefore, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So all those quotes that are out there are there for a reason. Like They didn't last two, 3,000 years because... They were, they were like throwaway crap, yeah. yes. Yeah, this is a useless quote from Aristotle. Let's keep it around for a few thousand right. years. <laughs> uh, so just by taking uh, responsibility for your thoughts, because the only thing that we have 100% control over, the only thing are our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And because we have control over our thoughts, we have control over our emotions. And because we have control over our thoughts and emotions, we have control over our actions. And then our actions is it what produces our results. And our results, we're able to change just by changing our thoughts. And those could be positive or negative. Yeah, so in uh, Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, he there's a uh, formula. I, he cites the source, but I actually prefer citing the book because you're going to learn a hell of a lot more than if I just cite the source. So if yeah. you want to figure out what the source is, buy the book, read the book, and you're going to learn a lot yeah. more than just the, the source of it. But it's E plus R equals O. So it's events plus response equals outcomes. Okay. The events we have zero control over. That's politics, the weather, traffic, 
whatever it might be. It's other people. It could be abuse from someone else. It could be a car accident. It could be a fire. It could be something tragic, something traumatic that you experienced. Absolutely. Yeah. So events, they're events. They're circumstances, situations. Our response, our is what we have 100% control over. And to have our control over that response, it all starts with our thoughts. And so if we want a certain outcome, the the variable between the event and the outcome is us. Mm -hmm. And so if we want a certain outcome, it doesn't matter what the event is. We just have to respond a certain way in order to get the outcome that we want. Now, kind of going back to like the experimenting. Yeah. I don't get the outcomes that I want most of the time. Yeah. But I learn every single time. And the other thing that I learned is obviously like what going back to like the responsibility is that failure is only feedback. Failure is one of the greatest things that can ever happen. Failure is only feedback. I don't think I've heard that said before. That's a, what's considered like a presupposition of NLP. So it's like, we just presuppose that people know this Yeah, and that failure is feedback. And so, because every time that you fail, even if you succeed, you learn something in order to do it better the next time. Sure. Because there's always room for improvement, no matter how good you are. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, God, God bless his soul. They're always trying to improve because yeah. they're not shooting 100% at all. Nobody does. Yeah. And even the best baseball players in the world, they're only getting on base 30% of the time and yeah. they're considered incredible. Yeah. You're one of the best baseball players in the world if you get on base 30% of the time. You're incredible at 30% yeah. of the time. That means you're failing 70% of the time. Yeah, and so if you take that and you apply it to school, you're a, you're going to grow up thinking that you're a failure. That's a great way to look at failure. Even if you think of any failure in life, you can think of five things you learn from it. I was in a marriage before my now, my, my now wife, my first mm-hmm. marriage. I could consider it a failure or I consider it a learning experience. I learned that I was too young. I made bad decisions. I ignored red flags. I realized what I didn't want in a marriage. And to put the toilet seat down. Yeah, that too. Right? <laughs> but sometimes realizing what you don't want in something realizes what you do want in something because you realize all the bad, the negative that you were wanting to be good. Mm-hmm. You can't control that because life is about how you react. It's not what happens to you. It's how you react to the things that happen to you in life. Is it the percentage of 10% how you react and 90% what happens to you or something like oh, that. I know what quote you're thinking of, but for some reason, Little Giants keeps coming in my head and they really messed up the word. The, <laughs> the, the, they messed did. up the numbers so bad to where I, I can't, I don't know what the real quote is. But yeah. Who cares about the numbers? It's really, <laughs> life isn't about what happens to you. It's how you react to those situations. Absolutely. And that's your method of thinking. And I like that. It's a very yeah. cool, it's an interesting way of, of um, dealing with your own mental health. And it drives people crazy. Why does it drive people crazy? Because they don't want to be responsible for their life. They think that other people are responsible for them. There's Because it's a lot easier to place blame on something that's external, that's not them, versus saying, this happened because of me. No matter how horrible it is, no matter how incredible it is, every single thing that happens in your life is because of you. And if you're able to take responsibility for it, it's empowering because now you have control over your life versus allowing everybody else to control you because nobody has your best interests in mind they Mm -hmm. have their best interests in mind so if you're saying like oh lucas like you at least have some responsibility over me well i'm going to take my best interests in mind and now take full control over you to make my world happen Mm -hmm. because if i'm going to be responsible for you well your responsibility now is to make 
my life better. Yeah. Forget about you and your life. I could care less about that. My life is what's important because I'm responsible for you, right? Yeah. So just think of that that extreme mentality. The, that's the other thing too is I think in terms of extremes because if you think in black and white, now when you live in the world of color, you actually know what the black and white is. Yeah. Because when you really separate the extremes, now you can actually make a better decision based upon your own values and your vision and everything like that. Because when you know the black and white, now it's, okay, this is right, this is wrong. And then now it's up to you to make that decision and respond accordingly. This has been probably one of the most interesting conversations I've had on my podcast. I'm not going to, then I'm being 100% honest with you. I'm not bullshitting you at all. Well, you're welcome. No. <laughs> right. So check them out. Um, where, where, would, where would people go if they want to get in touch with uh, you? LucasRollback.com. Okay. I'll put that at the, the link to that at the, in the description of this podcast. Lucas, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insights. And uh, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast for Mental Health Monday. I greatly appreciate it, Riggs. Thank you.